is Randy Hughes, the voice of rock. Hey everybody, this is Pat Torpy from Mr. Big. And you're listening to Music Mania. I want you to want me. The dream police. Your mama's alright. Your daddy's alright. But just seem a little bit weak. Scream for me, Brazil! Scream for me, Brazil! So let's rock and roll all night! Come on every day! In the words of ACDC, we roll tonight to the guitar bite. And for those about to rock, I salute you. You are now listening to the Music Mania Podcast, brought to you by CD Warehouse in Gladstone, the number one hard rock podcast in the Midwest, featuring hard-hitting interviews with rock's living legends. And now, here is your host, Clint Schweitzer. As the sun slowly begins to set, on 2019, we are still off and running into the fall and now winter months of 2019 as we get ready to bid adieu to the year 2019. A lot of big things coming up in 2020. Some tours are going to get ready to get announced. Things are going to be on the up and up. I'll tell you what, we've already seen the uh, the teaser here that KISS is going to continue the um, End of the Road Tour on into 2021. And like 90 new dates just got announced. They're hitting a lot of B markets here this winter and then next fall as well. So definitely be, be on the lookout for that. The last time I saw KISS was back in September in St. Louis. And I, I said at the time... You know what? I just have the feeling that this is not my last Kiss concert. You know, it was amazing, and I had a great time, and uh, the show is tremendous. This end of the road tour, I really dig the set list, and the stage show is as good as you've seen from Kiss. And props to them, as Gene Simmons is now seventy years old, and they're really trying to keep this going. I think they're going to finish it uh, July twenty twenty one in New York City, a fitting in for Kiss. But in the meantime, of course, they're going to announce more dates and hit a lot of the B markets and towns they haven't been to yet. That's just kind of what you're going to get from KISS. So uh, got that coming up um, on this podcast, guys. A show too big for just one guest. We're going to be talking Rat and Roll, Rats in Your Direction Tour 2019. Uh, Juan Crochier, bassist from Rat, you know, um, you know, one of the integral members uh, of the band. Obviously, he and Steven are the, the members left, the original members that are uh, still remaining uh, classic members of the band that uh, people recognize. Of course, you know, they've had to do some shuffling around. Warren Martini no longer uh, in the fold. Carlos Cavazzo no longer in the fold. Uh, Jimmy DeGrasso no longer in there. So with that said, um, Rat wanted to keep working. We're going to talk to Juan about it because... Juan and Steven wanted to keep this going, wanted to keep Rat as a functioning group that uh, plays a lot of dates and records new music. So the new members, Jordan Ziff, Chris Sanders, and Pete Holmes, are filling in the sound, and it is sounding tremendous. They're out on the road uh, for just uh, several more dates here in November and December of 2019. They're going to be in Newkirk, Oklahoma, which is just over the border from Kansas, uh, at the Seven Clans First Council Casino Hotel, uh, that's on November 9th. That's coming up here uh, this weekend. So if you're in the Kansas City area, uh, be sure and go check that out. Why not, right? Not not too bad of a drive, just outside of Wichita. Uh, a couple hours, get you down there. Rat's going to be 
uh, doing some more dates in 2020, and Juan's going to talk about that. He's going to talk about replacing the members, talk about continuing on without Warren D. Martini, um, and what that means, and, and kind of why he and Steven decided to do that. Also, going to talk about new music. Will it be a new album? Will it just be a couple songs? We're going to get into that with Juan, who's always forthright and always um, very you know well spoken and tr- certainly sheds light on all things that are going on in the rat camp. So it's been a couple years since we talked to Juan, um, one of our best guests, really a couple years ago, uh, one of our you know most demanded guests to return, as he's always a great mouthpiece for Rat. And in fact, his stage moves are always top notch. Every fan of rock and roll and of Rat always talks about Juan's kind of crazy onstage antics, but his backing vocals are integral to the Rat sound as well. And we're going to talk about that and sort of what Rat has planned um, for 2020. So big things from that. We're also going to be talking with John Allen. He is the singer of Charm City Devils. Yes, the band that was on Crew Fest 2 back in 09. Um, John's going to be talking about the band being named by Nikki Six from Motley Crue before going out there um, on Crew Fest 2. Going to talk about that tour. You know, there was Godsmack on that tour, Theory of a Dead Man, and uh, sort of how they got their start. Um, they have a new album coming out on November 22nd. It's called 1904. It's their fourth studio album. It's via Broken World Records. Uh, Charm City Devils, a band that's really trying to, to stay the course. Uh, had some initial success. They put out a few albums since, and they're going to try to keep that going with this latest release. You can pick it up November 22nd, um, Charm City Devils, and they're going to be looking to uh, do some big things, some shows, and and uh, get back rolling in uh, 2020. Of course, uh, we've seen the video already on YouTube for Skipping Stone. Uh, really tremendous stuff in your face, just kind of ballsy rock that uh, you know I'm a fan of, and Charm City Devils, a band that I remember on uh, Crew Fest 2, because I, mean, I went to Crew Fest 1, in St. Louis, and it was uh, Motley Crue and Papa Roach and Buck Cherry and Trapped and 6 a.m. And then Crew Fest 2, uh, Motley Crue, Godsmack, which was kind of infamous because um, Godsmack and Motley Crue wound up getting into it. Nikki Six and Sully Erna from Godsmack sort of had this falling out and a feud that's still going on. And maybe Godsmack wrote uh, the song um, Crying Like a Bitch, and maybe that's about Nikki Six. Maybe it's not. We're going to talk to John Allen about all that and just kind of the staying power of Charm City Devils, how they've been able to kind of keep afloat. And here they are just um, rearing and ready to go. Got to respect that. So before we bring on our first guest, which is Juan Crochier, the bassist from Rat, got to tell you about our sponsor, CD Warehouse in Gladstone, Missouri. Guys, for over 22 years, a staple of the Northland. They buy, sell, and trade CDs, DVDs, vinyl, and more. Do not let the vibe of the old school record store go by the wayside. Give them a visit off Antioch Road in Gladstone today. Tell them Music Mania sent you, and there will be a discount, or it's on us. Hey, Clint. What's happening, buddy? Dude, it's been a while. It's been a couple years. It's great to have you back on, man. Everything been going good in your world, brother? Everything's going great. Everything's going great. Glad to hear it. We've got you. Uh, you know, I'm in the Kansas City area, and you're going to be in Newkirk, Oklahoma, this weekend. It's uh, actually right outside of Wichita, Kansas. So I'm lumping this all into the same general area. It's all the Midwest one. We're going to all be there. We're, we, a lot of people from KC coming down. It's going to be a big show here at the Seven Clans First Council Casino. Mouthful. We're going to have you guys here on Saturday night, man. We're looking forward to to having you back into the Midwest, man. This is going to be a big show. Oh, it's going to be a great show. We're really looking forward to it. You know, things have been going really, really well. The band has picked up a lot of momentum, and um, we're really happy with the results. So we're looking forward to the show quite a bit. You guys have been picking up a lot of momentum, and kind of talk about that, because you guys have, you know, you guys kind of 
been playing shows with this lineup now for over a year. Uh, you got some more shows, uh, you know, booked out till the end of December here. So just kind of talk about, you know, what these shows here the last year or so, you know, kind of have meant to you, meant to the band and keeping things going. And then, like you said, the momentum very positive right now. Just kind of talk about this, this last year and what it's been like in the rat camp. Well, you know, um, we set out to, to get a lot of shows under our belts and, um, you know, it's what we do. We're performers. So, you know, um, we, we had a, a little bit of a lag time. Um, Steven had a, a knee operation uh, earlier in the year. And so, um, you know, we picked up um, in May, we, we did the Domina- I think it was a Domination Festival or something like that in Mexico City. And um, that's kind of where we started. And we've been going ever since. And the plan is just to have the band working on a regular basis and um, really kind of um, give it that that sort of synergy that occurs when you're constantly playing, you know. Yeah, and I think that's kind of what, you know, when when the band here just a few years ago, um, you know, we're, we're doing like Rocklahoma and you did Rockfest in Kansas City just, just, just a few years ago. The band was at its height, and I think the appetite for Rat was at an all-time high. You guys were playing really big venues, and I think, would, would it be safe to say at that point, you and Steven really wanted to make this make this go. You wanted to make this a working band, this playing dates, and maybe that wasn't working or jiving with, with some of the other members, and that's kind of where, where we are right now. Would that, would that be safe to say? Well, you know, look, uh, you know, I don't want to cast, uh, you know, uh, any any negative, uh, you know, light on sure. me on the past. You know, uh, we did what we had to do to, to allow the band to survive, you know, and in doing that, one of the issues uh, was that we, over the years, were inconsistent, you know. Um, we would tour one year, we wouldn't tour the following year, and so forth. And all Stephen and I uh, set out to do is make sure that we had uh, consistency in in how the band um, operated and and the touring schedule. So you know, it, it's really sort of been the kind of thing where um, you know, Rat has always been a live band, you know, and we we neglected you know um, uh, many markets for quite some time. And we're out to sort of rectify that. Definitely, uh, definitely occurring because, uh, you know, and I think that if, if Rat fans were skeptical, uh, it, we've had the last year of dates to look at uh, how Jordan and Chris and Pete have acclimated into this band. Just talk about them, the, their inclusion, and sort of what they've meant to sort of this resurgence. And, uh, you know, this year, again, it's, it's been such a big year for you guys. And those guys have, you know, w- without which, you know, we don't know where we would be. Those guys have been have been huge for you guys, haven't they? Yeah, well, listen, it, the band is, is firing on all cylinders. Um, you know, we we had to obviously, um, you know, think fast in our feet when um, when the changes came. And Pete Holmes had been playing uh, in my solo band for quite some time. So he really knew the rap material and um, was, was really of great assistance to us when we had to audition guitar players. And um, upon doing so, you know, we... We had to be very selective with a small group of people um, because we weren't going to really kind of amplify, you know, that we were, you know, in search of a, a couple guitar players, and which we, by the way, didn't anticipate. Uh, it really sort of came as a surprise, a chain of events. So, um, not getting long-winded regarding it, you know, sure. uh, he helped. He helped us audition people. 
we got Jordan Diff and Chris Sanders on board. Um, they've acclimated really, really well. And the main thing is, is that we're all on, um, on the same page as far as doing what's best for the group um, for the foreseeable future. And they've, they've really brought uh, fresh blood to the band. So it, it, and I hate using that, it, you know, uh, that term, you know, lightly. It, it really is a situation where the band is, is working cooperatively now together. And, and not, again, not to take anything away from, from the past lineups, but at this stage, you know, we, we all need to kind of agree that we're going to work, <laughs> you know. <laughs> It's pretty important. And so, you know, things are going really smoothly. Stephen and I are very happy. Uh, Jordan, Chris, and, and Pete are absolutely amazing. And let me tell you one more thing. The band performing live now, in my humble opinion, is giving you the most accurate representation of the Rat Records that we've, I personally believe, that we've ever been able to achieve. So it's a real treat for fans that want to come and see the band that, you know, want to hear the old songs that we're known for and, and want them represented in a good light. No question about it, and I agree with this 100%. Uh, and, and uh, you know, I was someone that uh, got to come out and see you guys uh, back in Kansas in, uh, in 2018 that, and that, during that summer. So I, I have seen the show. I'm excited to see it again. Um, but 2020... Juan is, is going to bring a, a, a lot more, probably a lot more dates, I'm assuming. Talk about what uh, you guys have coming, because, of course, uh, Steven's been talking about uh, some new songs, maybe releasing a couple singles before maybe going on to a full-on record. Just kind of tell, uh, talk to rap fans about what do they might have in store here in 2020, man. Well, look, what we're doing is, uh, you know, in 20, 2018, we, we did, uh, you know, uh, a handful of shows, approximately 14. We, we, um, we over doubled that this year. Um, we're going to increase it next year. So we're going to be getting to places that we haven't been to in a long, long time. And we really want to solidify this lineup and let people hear it. Because, you know, a lot can be said and a lot is said on places like the internet. And the <laughs> truth of the matter is, is that, you know, we, we've hunkered down, we put our heads down, and we're taking every single show like it's our last show. So we're really playing like our lives depend on it, which is a spirit that I've always enjoyed playing by. And so as far as, um, you know, new material and, and, and or singles or a record, um, you know, in the future, we're, we're just going to take this thing as it comes. We don't want to force anything. Uh, of course, we'd love to have some new material out there. Um, and so we got to sort of balance the priority of touring and then the time that it would take to really uh, 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 record and, and properly deliver the types of songs that, that we need to deliver. So Rad has a certain quality level, for lack of a better term, that we want to maintain. And so it's really not about quantity, it's really about quality. Excuse me. Definitely so. I, I very well put. And I think one thing that's interesting is, you know, um, in 2019, there, there's 
um, things that exist and, and, and ways to actually meet the band. Uh, and you guys have a VIP meet and greet coming up here at this show here in Newkirk, Oklahoma. And let me just tell you one, I've done a lot of these. Uh, I just did one with Chris uh, about two months ago that, uh, you know, my my Platinum MasterCard couldn't quite cover. Uh, but these are very affordable. For the, the rat ones are very affordable, and I haven't heard a bad thing said about about them yet. Kind of talk to about what it, talk to us about what it's like to be able to to be able to do this and be able to meet fans before the show. I know sometimes it can be taxing, but you guys do a great job with it. It's something that's good, that a lot of fans that have done it have have really spoken positively about. And most importantly, it's affordable for any fan. Kind of talk to us about the inclusion of, of the meet and greets for these shows. Well, you know, the truth of the matter is, is that Rat's really all about the fans, and and uh, we personally came to an understanding that. Um, you know, we wanted these th- these meet and greets to be really, really special. Okay, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, you know, so what we do is we we really we want to spend time with the fans. We want to just kind of kick back. It's not like we rush you through when when you get a meet and greet. You come back. You hang out with the band. You talk. Um, you know, we sign things for the band. We take uh, for the fans. Excuse me. We take pictures and we take our time. Because it's all about spending quality time together, and although we have a pretty, you know, strict schedule, um, we really allocate uh, what we feel is plenty of time to just hang, to just hang, and, and some fans will bring, you know, guitars or basses, and they'll bring things to sign, and, and we just, you know, hang out and really kind of um, have a, a, a pleasant time together that, that's really memorable, because for me, as well as the rest of the band members, there's nothing more important than our fans, you know, yeah. and, and being personable and, and just giving them that, that little extra moment, you know, um, it's everything. So it's a really fun time. We try to make it special and we try to make it memorable. Well, uh, one, you know, I got to ask you about this cause it's something that's, uh, kind of, uh, tugging at the heartstrings of a lot of fans, um, and I know that you um, know Frankie Benelli very well from your history with Quiet Riot. Uh, diagnosed with with, with uh, you know stage four pancreatic cancer, and yet he you know he's still out there wanting to play shows with Quiet Riot. Man, it's just great to hear. But um, just kind of you know give us uh, what it was, you know. I know you knew Frankie from from way back in I think eighty one. You guys met or something like that. So take us back to that and just kind of what a person Frankie is, and to still be able to go out there and do this and amidst this really tragic news. Oh yeah, it's uh, it's devastating. <clears throat> I've known Frankie for uh, a very long time. We go back um, all the way, way before Quiet Riot, and um, you know it's uh, it's it's devastating to hear of, of the news uh, of his pancreatic cancer diagnosis. And he's he's a fighter. You know, Frankie uh, is the kind of guy that you know will will go to the mat, and um, you know. I, I wish him nothing but the best, and I hope that, <clears throat> you know, he can beat, beat the odds. Uh, you know, we're all reaching that, that time in life where, um, you know, things tend to catch up with us, and we all have to be, you know, sort of aware of that, naturally. But um, I wish Frankie nothing but the best. You know, we played a show um, uh, fairly recently, and, and he wasn't there. And, um, you know, this started back... Uh, this last summer, when we did the uh, the Wildflower Festival in, uh, I believe it was Dallas. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he wasn't there, and I was kind of surprised. So, you know, um, <clears throat> my heart goes out to him. 
you know, he, like I said, he's a fighter. He's a tough guy. If cancer, you know, um, you know, needs a, a <laughs> an opponent, it's certainly going to come in the form of Frankie Benelli, and I wish him the best. Yeah, that's well said. Um, one, you know, before we let you go, it's just thinking back to, to this and everything that you've been through and, you know, from, from playing in rat and docking at the same time for a year to, you know, just, you know, being a night, you know, in, from your band Firefox in 77 with you and Bobby Blotzer, did you ever conceive of when this really started going, uh, you know, out of the cellar comes out and the rat really starts getting some momentum that you'd be looking forward and here you'd be at this stage of your life. And, and, uh, and I know rockers don't really have a lot of hindsight or ability to, to, to look forward, but did you ever conceive of the fact that it could be 2020 or very close to 2020 and rat would still be, um, you know, firing all cylinders. You'd still be out there doing this. I mean, is that something that when rat starts taking off that you could even conceive of or think about, or, or, or just kind of take us through that, the journey over the last 35 years and kind of what it's meant to you. Oh, you know, I mean, I, I invested my life in rat, you know, and, and from the very beginning, we knew once we solidified the lineup, the lineup that everyone came to know. Um, so therefore, what I would consider, you know, founding members of the band, really, um, <clears throat> you know, we knew we had something really unique and really different and special because we were all very aware of all the bands that were playing in the local Hollywood scene. And we all knew who was doing what and who was drawing, who wasn't, um, you know, what nights would be packed. And, and we all took note of that because it was really survival of the fittest, you know. So once we got that lineup going, um, you know, it, we, we, we gained success in a short duration of time. And then that turned into us uh, recording the EP. Um, and then from there, of course, you know, that led to uh, the Atlantic uh, Out of the Cellar release. And, um, you know, our momentum was such that we just would not take no for an answer. And we, we just really, um, you know, we, our mentality was, you know, uh, to conquer the world of rock music. Uh, so, you know, a band like Rat is a band that, you know, um, there's a lot of talent and skill that goes into it, but there's also a lot of luck and, and timing you know, there was MTV back in the day that was introducing a lot of bands um, to an audience that hadn't um, maybe noticed what was happening in Hollywood. And so uh, over the years, you never really, well, I, for one, speaking for myself, um, you never calculate too far ahead because it's a crazy business and bands are very delicate. Um, you know, you lose a member, something happens, um, things change, uh, people, you know, there's a myriad of things that happen naturally in life. So uh, for us to be here at this point in time is, is um, obviously uh, a blessing, uh, and we're very grateful. And we, uh, one thing I really love about the rap mentality is we've never taken our fans for granted. Um, you know, uh, they're always at the forefront of the reason we do what we do, and therefore, you know, I, I'm really pleased that we're able to deliver the quality that we've been delivering so consistently. And in music, you know, it's, it's a brutal business. There are a lot of very talented musicians out there that are struggling, are struggling. So it's not 
like, you know, uh, the scale of success doesn't necessarily represent the scale of talent and effort. So for us to have this unique uh, uh, situation and chance to really still connect to the audience is is a, a really great thing. So we don't yeah. take it for granted, and we really appreciate it. Well, you can tell that it shows, and in the shows, and uh, congratulations, and for um, all, all these great years, and uh, can't wait to see you guys here coming up. And thanks for doing this on short notice. One, it's been too long. We got to catch up again. I'll, I'll definitely see you guys um, on, uh, on on Saturday night in, in Newkirk. I can't wait to, to check you guys out again, and uh, very excited about the show, Juan. And thanks so much for your time once again, my friend. We'll do it again soon. Absolutely, Clint. It's been my pleasure, and look forward to seeing you here. You bet. Thanks a lot, Juan. Okay, have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Big thanks to Juan for joining us, giving us all the info on uh, RAT and the RAT Camp. The In Your Direction tour is uh, off and running and is uh, going on right now. In fact, it's going to be in Newkirk, Oklahoma, like I said, like we talked with Juan about, November 9th. That's coming up this weekend at the Seven Clans First Council Casino, and they have dates booked all the way to the end of December so you can catch Rat then. Or 2020, you heard Juan talk about they're going to be playing a lot of shows in a lot of places they haven't played in a long time and new music. Definitely on the horizon, uh, so it sounds, from Juan. Appreciate that. Can't wait to, to hear what they have in store with this new lineup. Of course, classic Rat fans are going to miss Warren Demartini. Um, he, was, his, his, he was a guitar hero in and of himself from the 80s. I mean, he's someone that you always look to as, uh, you know, really one of the great guitarists, underrated, really. Um, and, of course, Jimmy DeGrasso had kind of established himself on drums after Bobby Blotzer. Um, things hadn't worked out with him. And Carlos Cavazzo had been on and off on guitar duties as well. So without those members, they had to forge on, and they found just the right group to get this done. So big props to Rat, and thanks to Juan for joining us. And without further ado, we want to get to our second interview here on the podcast. It's going to be with John Allen. He is the singer of Charm City Devils. John, welcome to the show. How is everything going, my friend? Things are going well, man. Thank you for having me on, bro. I appreciate oh. it. Oh, it's a, it, the pleasure's ours, John. Believe me, it's a, it's great to have you. It's great to have some new Charm City Devils on the way. Um, let's, let's let's talk about that, man, because a lot of people have been talking about the uh, the video and the the single you've released, which is Skipping Stone. Awesome song. Love the video. This is all, um, you know, going to going to culminate in the release of the new album, uh, nineteen oh four. Just kind of talk about that the, the the new song and kind of what fans can expect uh here coming up in november 22nd when they pick up the new album just kind of set the scene for us man on this on this new release well you know it's been a while since we've uh we put something out so we we got together and we we were working on the tune skipping stone we you know started laying it down and i thought man this is uh you know i was doing another project and, and i thought this seems more like a charm city devils type of record than than anything that we were working on recently. So we decided to kind of, you know, put that, slap that monitor on this record and, and uh, really put forth something that, you know, talked about, you know, Skipping Stone in particular talks about sort of how a way to live life, you know, like you can choose to uh, let yourself get down and kind of get mired in all the, you know, the depression and stuff, which, you know, I've dealt with pretty much my entire life, where you can, you know, choose to, to be positive and, and try to live life, like, to the fullest and be grateful and, and be thankful for every moment you have. You never know, you know, when it's going to end. I mean, I, 
I wound up years ago at finding out I had I had skin cancer, um, and you know, luckily caught it in time. And, and, and it, it shocks you, you know, into reality of thinking, oh crap, you know, like I, you know, I might not be here, uh, you know, in the in the mm-hmm. very near future. So, you know, let's uh, let's you know you know be good to one another and 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 you know just and and live you know as best we can, you know, be the best uh, people we can be. Well, I think that. Term for for you guys for Charm City Devils, real life experiences are kind of what people think of when, when when you think about the music and the and the way that you relate to fans. I mean, how important is that? Because I think to me, it's something that I don't really think about when I listen to music. But with with you kind of telling that story and and kind of thinking about the this album and and, and the new and the new single, it's like that that's really important when you, when you can make that connection with someone and they can kind of relate to to what you're talking about, what you're saying. Man, that that's a powerful thing, and that, that's something that you guys have, have sort of always embraced, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, there's nothing better than having a, uh, an, you know, a crowd singing your words back to you. You know, when you're playing a song, and uh, but you know, every every person that writes music, you know, they may have a different approach, and and you know, some some people, this just happens to you to be mine and, and you know uh, years ago I guess I heard you know you're right about what you know so I'm writing about my life and feelings and you know lives of, of others around me for the most part things I see and, and hear or whatever and uh, yeah I mean I you know I mean that's why I'm doing music it's for that that connection to people you know it, it's them you know say hey you know like I feel the same thing you feel or, or do you feel the same thing that I feel you know and uh, a lot of times it's Anger, I guess, I don't know, but, you know, you know, frustrations with things, but we all have that kind of thing going, but, you know, what, what are you going to do, right? You get out, you, you do the best you can. Well, John, this has been a 10-year journey for you guys. Uh, just kind of take us back, because um, this is now going to be your fourth album. Of course, it all started in 2009, 10 years ago, with uh, Let's Rock and Roll. Just kind of take us through this 10-year journey because what is rare in this business? And for you guys, uh, looking back with yourself, Victor, Nick, Anthony, Jason, this is the same lineup that kind of started this thing back in 2007. For one, how is that possible? How, is, have, you, how have you been able to pull that off? And just kind of take us through this this 10-year journey that you guys have been on. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I've been really fortunate to have uh, the same group of guys through most of the records, or, you know, all of the records, actually up to this point. Now, there is there is a lineup change for this album. Um, we Jason's still playing drums, and uh, we have Teddy Merrill on guitar now, and he's the uh, he toured with us in 2014, filling in for Victor on one part of uh, one tour, and then he filled in for Nick on the other part of the tour. And, you know, the guys... They were so gracious and so wonderful, Victor and Nick and um, and Anthony. Uh, but it just got to the point where they they couldn't really do it anymore. You know, families and and uh, bills and all that stuff got you know gets in the way sometimes. And and you know they they uh, they you know they had to bow out and, and couldn't do this record. But um, but yeah, but so now we we have you know. Like I said, Teddy, who, who toured with the band, so he's kind of like a, a new old member. Yeah. And uh, the newest member is Rick Reynolds on bass guitar. He's an Australian guy by way of Dallas, Texas, and now he lives in Philly. And so yeah, it's 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 been a wonderful journey, though. To answer your question, we started in 2009. We were we were signed to uh, 
by by Nick. Well, we were actually the band was named by Nicky Stick. Right. Uh, we didn't have it. We didn't have a name, and we were uh, we were up for Proof Fest too. And we were like, man, we got to come up with a name. And and uh, and Nicky came up with the name Charm City is the nickname from uh, for Baltimore, and that's uh, where we're from. And that was a trip because prior to that, I'd been a drummer for a long time, and I didn't really have much experience as a out in front of the band and on you know on stage as a singer, and I just got thrust right into the role of you know being on Crew Fest two, opening the main stage in amphitheaters all across the country, and it was the incredible experience. I can't thank Nikki and the guys from Motley and Eleven uh, Seven, Alan Kovac, all those guys. I can't thank them enough for that opportunity. You know, it was incredible. And then, uh, you know, then the second record, we, we did the cover of Manicotta Starro, the hard rock version of that. And that song was like our high charting song that we, you know, most successful song we had. And that was like another chapter. We toured the hell out of that record. We, we uh, went out with gosh, almost everybody, but a lot of the, you know, a lot of the touring was done with Theory of a Dead Man, who were also on, on Crew Fest 2. Those guys, you know, became great friends, and they were so gracious to have us on a couple of legs of that tour, and it's really where I feel like I finally got my, my feet under me as a, as a front man, you know, and, 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 yeah, I really enjoyed the, the experience. I mean, um, you know, I enjoyed the, the, the crew fest too as well but i just you know i was like uh, so over my head and so overwhelmed like it just went by so fast you know it's like man that was incredible and someone the other day asked me what was my most memorable experience and i'd have to go back to to motley i i, I performed i was on stage with them at that square guard singing um a motley crew song and it, it, that doesn't like <laughs> I, I mean, that whole experience, I was just like, I, I'm dreaming, you know, I'm going to wake up any moment now, this is not, not happening, this can't be real. You know, I'm up, up on stage, and I, I I go over next to Vince Steele, and I, and I, I look at him, and he turns, and he looks at me, and, and I just stopped singing. I was like, I don't know what the words are, <laughs> I have no idea where I am, I'm like, it's crazy, man. Uh, but yeah. That is amazing. I actually saw that uh, Crew Fest 2 show. I think the one show you guys did that wasn't in amphitheaters was actually right here in Kansas City where you did the Sprint Center because it was around the time our amphitheater yeah. got sold by Live Nation or something like that. So we didn't have a an active amphitheater. We saw that. That was the first time I ever you know, uh, became familiar with you guys. And um, right. that was Draining Pool and Godsmack, uh, you guys in Theory of a Dead Man. It was insane. So I, you know, and, and then you guys kind of get signed, and Nikki Six is like the, the the president of the record label at the time, like that. Just did you what? If if anything, because I'm sure that you know you had you know conversations, and you obviously helped name the band. So you guys were uh, obviously in concert uh, with sort of the, the the foundation and the genesis of the band. But what? Can you just kind of give us some insight as far as what maybe the the biggest thing that that you learned. From from Nikki or, or from Motley because you know obviously they're so well established and and, and they're, they're so much respect for for a band like that and then and you guys come in you had to just have, have learned an unbelievable amount of things that probably helped you get to you know where you're at here ten years later still still doing it you know yeah you know I I mean I'm a I'm a notoriously slow learner so <laughs> I probably need a, I probably need like ten years with with Nikki and and the Motley guys to to really 
learn stuff. I mean, it was such a heady, like eye-opening experience that I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I was, I was just so overwhelmed and, and in such a different place than those guys. I mean, cause they were seeing them do that, you know, what they were doing on such a huge scale. Um, and I just felt like such a, a newbie, you know, like starting out that, that I, I don't know that I could even wrap my head around the magnitude of being able to, I mean, think about it. So Crew Fest 2, there was a main stage, and then there was a, a, a side stage, a second stage. So you've got yeah. all these bands. You've got, like, you got like uh, what, like 10 bands, 12 bands, over 100 crew people. I mean, caterers, you know, like, I mean, lighting rig- riggers and, and, and lighting people. And, and, I mean, it was just a massive operation, like eight semis, you know, traveling across the country. It was it was such a mind-boggling thing, you know, such on such a huge scale that you know here I am. I'm like I was playing a club that holds 150 people, you know, a month or so ago. Now you know I paid my dues. I was a drummer for bands in, in around Baltimore for years and years and years, struggling. Um, but you know, it, like I said, it's just such a such a a, a bigger thing that you know. It was just hard to kind of take it all in, and, and uh, you know, the one thing I, I guess maybe I learned is, is to just you know, never give up, and, and kind of, you know, I just saw a quote from Nikki recently, something to the effect of like, you know, just you know, do your own thing, do what you do, what you do, you know, like we were we were doing kind of straight up rock and roll, and at the time, I think active rock radio was sort of changing, you know, we were hearing like a lot of, uh, I guess, post-grunge stuff. So we were kind of, point of view, not really what was uh, trending. And, that, you know, that's the one thing that I kind of take to heart. Like, you know, is always just kind of do do your thing. You know, do what you do. Absolutely. And, you know, it's, kind of talk about this because, you know, the, the name of the band is so synonymous, of course, with the place you're from. A lot of the, a lot of songs and a lot of things you've done are, are you know, life experiences and, and, and being from Baltimore, Maryland. You know, uh, just kind of describe the musical scene and kind of that you came up from there because, you know, Baltimore is not a city you think of and you throw out a bunch of bands that you know that are from there. I mean, I'm a huge Kicks fan. I know they're from Baltimore. And right. but just talk about about the, the being from Baltimore and kind of the musical scene if people aren't really aware of kind of what you guys were experiencing coming up, you know, playing around uh, in and around the Baltimore area and just kind of kind of give us, uh, you know, a taste of what that was like. Yeah, I mean, Baltimore is kind of a, it's an odd town. There's, there's, it's very kind of quirky. Uh, at the same time, it's really a blue collar kind of a working class town where I grew up, anyway. And um, you know, so there used to be a huge kind of club scene, but it was primarily covers. You, know, you would, you would think a city that has the Peabody Conservatory for Music would have a lot more, um, a lot more kind of uh, things for original music, you know, at the time when I first started out, but it, it changed. I mean, there are those out now, and the music scene, I don't feel like it's as big as it had once been, but you mentioned Kicks. They were always the band that you aspired, you know, to be, you know, you wanted to be as good as those guys, because if you ever saw them live, you were like, oh my God, you know, like, <laughs> they were just 
they were always just ferocious live high energy it was like to me it was like a make a mix of the ramones and acdc and like the rolling stones all kind of wrapped up into one you know they were just they were cool they were energetic they were funny i mean steve is got to be one of the, the funnest front men that that you'll ever see yes you know? yeah and uh just a great band and great guys too you know so yeah so they really kind of drove the scene and um there were other bands you know that, that were that were that wound up having um big impacts on the on the area so, oddly enough there was a band called crack the sky that were originally from pittsburgh uh or wheeling west virginia and the only place that their album, when they were signed to like a CBS affiliate, the only place that it hit was was really here in, in the Baltimore area. Wow! And they all wound up move, moving here because there it was such a success, you know. So, you know, there's a you know there's their stories. I mean, probably one of the biggest uh, successes uh, recently, I guess, would be maybe Good Charlotte. Oh from, yeah, from Maryland. Forgot about that. Yeah. That's awesome. And those guys are fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, that's that's great because I, I think that uh, it's funny because where, where a band is from can have such a, you know, your perception. You, you think about a band, you think about like, I, my dad always said, there's a reason why the Beach Boys sounded the way they did and Black Sabbath sounded the way they did. And I always like took that to heart because it was like, it, it really right. does. It really well, I, you know, and I, I, I did a lot of reading and, and, and about, you know, bands that I loved, and, and you're right. So, it's funny you mentioned Black Sabbath. I visited Birmingham, England, and it's basically Baltimore uh, <laughs> of, of England. It really, it, you know, it, it's, a, it's a, uh, um, uh, like an iron or steel kind of working town. I guess it's more steel working, but it's a very kind of blue-collar uh, working-class town. And I we went there to do, we, uh, we had played, Charm City Devils had played on Monsters of Rock Cruise, and we made friends with this uh, English uh, uh, woman um, who was happened to be that day. She was in Birmingham, so she was like, you know, come meet me, and so we drove up there, and we had a great day in Birmingham. I wish I had done some more reading about John Bond, because John Bond and Robert Plant are from up there as well, but I, did, I simply, I knew that, uh, I knew that Sabbath was, was from there, and, and told around the town that, you know, you know, England is just is awesome. It's beautiful. I much more beautiful than I I ever pictured um, it, it being. But uh, oddly enough, it reminds me a lot of this this area where I grew up in here in Maryland. That is cool. That's awesome. And it's funny because that that the the makeup and what a Birmingham actually is and being a steel town and everything like actually helped form Sabbath Sound. Not only just the the location they're in, but the idea that Tony Omi worked in a factory and got his finger cut off and had to compensate for that by kind of creating the signature Sabbath sound. That's, I just, I don't know. I love stuff like that. That's just kind of the way my mind thinks. It's always wandering. It's incredible. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There's a, there's a great, um, there's a great writer. I think he, I think he used to write with Kerrang magazine, Mick Walls, who wrote a book of, uh, he wrote one that had Black Sabbath's name in the title, but the, the book really isn't about them. It's really about his own heroin addiction. But then he went back and he wrote one about Sabbath uh, from their earliest beginnings through their career. And it, it's a really great book, but he also wrote a really fantastic book about Led Zeppelin that I've, I've read about six times, and I just keep going back to it. It's, just, it's so great. I was never a huge Zeppelin fan when I was a kid, and, and now I 
When Giants Walk the Earth. I, I highly recommend it if you're if you're a music fan. Awesome. Yes, I'm familiar with that book. It's funny. There's so many bands that like I hate to admit that have grown on me. I hate to say that like, that Led Zeppelin would be a band that's grown on me because that's not how you would want to perceive that. Right. That's there. Led Zeppelin and Rush. In the last like fifteen right. years, I've been two bands that have really grown on me. I, I I usually don't admit that out loud because it's like you know you get a lot of crap for that. But uh, John, I want to talk about uh, live performances for you guys because I know you have a show coming up in uh, in in Hanover, Maryland, in uh, December 29th. Um, but right. what else are can we look forward to as far as far as live shows? Are you guys have anything kind of planned? Coming more of that stuff coming in in twenty twenty, kind of after the album's released. What what can we expect from uh, from live shows from you guys? Yeah, we we were actually getting ready to announce next week some more regional shows, and then uh, hopefully in 2020 we'll be jumping on some uh, some tours to to hit the rest of the United States. We're working on stuff right now, but yeah, we can't wait to get out there and, and play the the new stuff for people, and you know, run into. To, so where 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 are you located now? We're in Kansas City, so anywhere in the Midwest right. would be wonderful, and uh, we'll definitely come check you out. So another Midwest, uh, you know, especially in the winter. You know, it's it's hard to, to make that commitment because you never know what you're going to get out here weather-wise. You may be iced in somewhere for several days. You know, you know what it's like from the East Coast, man. You know, you know what the weather. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's the same here. We look at the at the club calendars, and there are very few bands that are touring around here in January and February. You know, it doesn't break until March. So that we're really hoping to, to be out. You know, in in April and in March and, and and May and such. But yeah, yeah, I, I'm sorry, you did mention the yeah. Kansas City thing. And that was the the one arena that we played on the tour. Uh, we also played the, the Hard Rocket in Las Vegas, but uh, but Kansas City. It was I think it was the Sprint Center back yep. back then, and it was that was awesome. It was so great to 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 be. That was my I think that was my first arena show with me uh, yeah, being a frontman. That was great because it was strange because I'd seen Crewfest one at the Amphitheater in St. Louis the year before with the side stage and all that. Then I don't. I think there was like no, there was no side stage in the in the arena for Crewfest two. It's right. Center. It was kind of strange. Um, John, let's uh, for everyone that wants to pick up the new album. It's nineteen oh four. It comes out November twenty second uh, via Broken World Records. Kind of talk about where where people can get this. I've, I'm assuming it's just available all the streaming sites uh, and your your website charmcitydevils.com. Uh, just kind of talk about how people can get this thing and if there's any kind of like vinyl available. I mean, I know that's sometimes a thing, and <laughs> actual yeah. physical copies, I'm sure, is an option too. Right. Yeah. So we are going. So as of today, actually, um, we have the pre-order set up for the um, for the for the disc. And you get a you get a free track when you pre-order it. Um, I believe through iTunes, maybe through Amazon as well. Um, and then um, we are going to do physical uh, product. We'll have bundles for sale via our, our website, uh, CharmCityDevils.com. Stay tuned for that. If you sign up on our email list or, or follow us on Facebook, we'll you know any other uh, other social sites as well. We'll we'll let you know when those bundles are available. But yeah, we're we're um, we're doing all kinds of stuff like that for no line on the plan, you know, the plan just yet. So, uh, but uh, we'll have we'll have physical and we'll have those bundles available and pre-orders uh, prior to the November twenty-second street date. 
Well, cannot wait for that. Uh, John, I'm a huge fan of what you guys do and just best of luck. Thank you, man. We'll definitely connect. If you guys, uh, you know, hit up Kansas City or hit up somewhere here in the Midwest on, on the next tour, we'll definitely get those dates out whenever whenever they hit, man. So thank you so much for joining us. It's been such a pleasure. I, I can't thank you enough. And best of luck with the new release, 1904, uh, fourth album from Charm City Devils. Can't wait to check out the whole thing, my man. Thank you, brother. Take care. You bet. Thanks a lot. Big thanks to John for joining us. It's a true pleasure to have him on talking about the band being named by Nikki Six. Uh, talked a lot about being on Crewfest too and how big that was for the visibility of Charm City Devils and of course the new album which is 1904. It's their first uh, fourth studio release and it comes out November 22nd via Broken World Records. Uh, the first single Skipping Stone is now available worldwide on digital outlets and is spinning on radio stations nationwide. I'll tell you what, um, big props to them as they continue to forge ahead. Guys, thanks so much uh, for listening to us here on the Music Mania Podcast. Can't thank you enough. Always want to encourage you to go to our website, musicmaniapodcast.com. You can get all of our shows that are archived. I think this is show number 149. So 150 will be coming next week. Uh, we have a very special guest coming up for that as well. Um, thanks for listening to this one. I know you guys um, had put in a lot of requests wanting to hear from Rat, hear some Rat news, hear from Juan Crochier once again, had him back on just for you. That's what we do on the on this show. You already know the songs. On this show, we tell you the stories, and that's what's important, bringing these guests on. And we were able to do that in abundance today. Uh, again, hit that subscribe button on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher, any way you choose to take in the show. We always appreciate it. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Music Mania Podcast as the, sl- the sun slowly begins to set on 2019. We still have your back right here on the Music Mania Podcast. <laughs>